Hey, welcome to Mid-South Viewpoint. I'm Byron Tyler. We had scheduled today to have Kirk Cameron to come on and talk about a special event at Faith Baptist Church Living Room Reset. Now, that event's going to be taking place at Faith Baptist Church. Pastor Danny Sinkfield is the lead pastor, and that'll be January 26th at Faith Baptist Church. And we're hoping to still reschedule the interview with Kirk Cameron. But I had an opportunity recently to interview Danny Sinkfield on our Pastors Forum. It's a two-part interview where we sit down with Danny. It's what we do on Pastors Forum that airs each Sunday at 1245 and 715 p.m. Many of you aren't able to listen at that time on Sundays because of your responsibilities with church and family. So I thought I would bring the interview today to hear what Danny had to say. So we're going to break this program up, introduce you to the first half of the show right now. Then we're going to hear from Andrea Hill, the Volunteer Memphis Director, about a special event this weekend, third annual MLK Days of Service, January 18th through the 21st. Then afterwards, we'll join Danny for the second half of the interview recently on Pastors Forum. Let's hear the first half now with Pastor Danny Sinkfield. And I've got a dear friend that I can't be more excited to have in the studio, Pastor Danny Sinkfield of Faith Baptist Church. Danny, good to see you. Thank you, Byron. It is so good to be with you, and I'm grateful to have this opportunity to share with you. And before we get into the details and some of the dreams and things that you have for the folks at Faith Baptist, some of the ministries that you're involved with, you did something recently for the first time. You took your wife on a hunting trip. You know, that is one of those memories that uh, we made together that I think will stand out in the uh, in the annals of the great moments of, uh, of our marriage. You know, we've been married now coming up on 38 years, and that was the first time, this is the first season, that she's ever said to me, I think I want to go deer hunting. And so we went immediately to the sports store, got her all the gear, and uh, she got up early, bless her heart, on a cold, cold morning, and we sat in the deer stand, didn't see a thing. But we had a great, great time of fellowship together and had uh, had a memory. It was a great time. So I'm not a hunter or a deer hunter. Do they make deer stands that are for more than single? You can put multiple people yeah, in a deer stand? That's right. Deer stands can be as rustic as you want them to be, uh, literally standing out on a limb somewhere and the start cold. Uh, the, we have friends who have what I call the Taj Mahal of uh, deer hunting houses. So she got spoiled. It was uh, an enclosed house with a heater in it coffee pot, the whole thing. So if you're going really, to do it, you might as well do it right. That's what I thought. She would uh, she would enjoy that, but never go to the Rustic ever again. You know, someone gave me tickets to one of the Memphis Tiger football games last season that were up in these really nice suites. You can get like 16 people. It's all enclosed. They feed you the they, whole thing. Oh, my goodness. Yes. It's a barbecue buffet. Right. So I took my family and a few friends. We went there and enjoyed that. And then uh, somebody was saying, I never want to go see a Tiger game down there now that we've enjoyed it. Right. You've been, you've been spoiled. That's <laughs> right. You've been spoiled. Something about that. I think there's going to be some spoiling kind of when we go to heaven. Wow. You think yeah. that? You know, I, I agree with uh, the scriptures that say, eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, neither has entered into the hearts and minds of men. All the things that God has in store for those who love him. So all the things that we enjoy, the adventure, um, uh, the fellowship, the camaraderie that we enjoy as brothers and sisters in Christ is going to be magnified, multiplied many, many times over. I, I agree that it's going to be absolutely mind-blowing. You know, we lived on the island of Guam as missionaries back in the mid-90s, and one of the things I enjoyed was being certified to scuba dive and had some incredible opportunities to dive over some beautiful reefs, you know. And one time I remember specifically just all of a sudden I started looking at all the intricacies of the underwater world, creatures that you don't see up on land, you know, all the uniqueness of coral and different kinds of species. And I thought, my goodness, 
What's heaven going to be like? Wow. Yeah. The other side of that is there are things in heaven, obviously, that we have not we have not um, been able to see or comprehend. So yes. it's going to be it's going to be amazing. It's yeah. Going to be a beautiful thing. Yeah. You've been pastoring now at Faith Baptist for 24 years. Back in October, you celebrated the 24th anniversary. What's that journey been like for you? Well, yeah, thanks uh, for asking, Byron. Uh, 24 years at one church. In fact, it's the only church that uh, I've ever served as senior pastor. I am their first full-time senior pastor. Rhonda and I and our three little boys came to um, to be the pastor at Faith Baptist when, um, when they were very small. The boys were uh, third grade, first grade, and uh, 18 months old. And uh, it was a new church. It was about a year old. So our, our church family just last year, in fact, uh, about a year ago, in 2018, in February, celebrated its 25th anniversary. So I've been front row seat for 24 of those 25 years, and uh, we have had an incredible journey. For me personally, longevity in one church is all about sharing life with people and uh, the joys, the sorrows. Seeing now, you know, students are in college. Well, I was I was with their parent. I did their parents' wedding. Or I, you know, baptize their mom and dad. Yeah. And I can literally say to young adults now who are in our congregation, I have loved you your whole life. Wow. And then, you know, what a joy to see people grow and develop mature. Yes. Many of our members, of course, um, you know, grow um, into their own ministry. Some of them go off into the ministry field, mission field. Some of them go to help church plant, you know, be a part of our church plants. But to know that um, we've had, you know, two and a half decades, basically, of influence in the greater Mid-South area and God's hand and God's blessing, we are humbled and grateful for that goodness of God on our church family. I can only imagine there's been times throughout the past 24 years that you've been approached by pulpit committees and other people to say, hey, would you come consider our church? Has there ever been a temptation? Maybe you can't say that publicly, you know? <laughs> no, that's good. Yeah, we talk about it. I, you know, we talk about it in pastoral ministry class. I, I get to teach once in a while at the seminary, and we talk about those kinds of moments. Yeah, obviously, uh, especially when you're younger, you know, when things are going really well and you're younger. By the time you're 50, 55, something like that, maybe not so much. But uh, there have been a few times and, and a few interesting opportunities that have come up, you know, to go and serve in some really good churches and great cities and um, one funny story real quickly. We had a, a wonderful church family that um, we had agreed to talk to, and they were going to bring their pulpit committee over from, I, I won't say the name of the church, but it was a large congregation in East Tennessee. Just, you know, based on location alone, Rhonda and I were, you know, we were certainly interested, but it was a, a wonderful group of people. Well, they pulled up in our parking lot on a Sunday morning to come and hear me preach in their church van. So much for incognito, so much for, uh, you know, being uh, being a little bit discreet. But, yeah, we've prayed through several times, but every time that we've prayed through that significantly and seriously, it has not been the right timing or it has not been the right moment for us because we weren't finished. And so that's what we felt like all this time where we say no to one church. We keep saying yes to faith. We keep saying yes to God's call there. And the good news is that up until now, unless the Lord has something for me tomorrow or next week, I'd love to finish here. I'd love to finish strong. We'd love to, to stay another few years and see what God has in store. It's a great congregation. Something that you and I share in common, my wife Pam and I share in common with you and your wife Rhonda, is we both have three sons. That's right. Something kind of cool about having boys, isn't it? Yeah, we've enjoyed boys. And, uh, you know, um, I think some parents are cut out better for boys and girls. I think I would lose my mind if I had to raise girls in this culture. <laughs> um, but, you know, the thing that I'm kind of longing for, now we have boys. Two of them are married. Our third son will be married in April. So we love our daughter-in-laws. These are great young ladies that have come into our family, and they have been like, you know, now my adopted daughters. They they call me Papa, and I, I love that so much. And we have our two oldest sons each. Both of them have two sons each. So we have three sons, four grandsons. That would be O for seven oh my in goodness. the girl department. Yeah. So, yeah, we're just uh, we're gonna we're gonna fill the earth with uh, Sinkfield boys. We well, you know so far we have gone the other direction. I have the three sons, and my middle son and his wife have 
our two granddaughters. Yeah. And you're talking about something totally different, having girls in the home. Game you know? changer. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I think being called to be a grandparent to me is even mm. greater than being called to, into the ministry. I mean, there's something about Wow. It. It's a huge blessing. What a gift for me to hear those little boys say Papa and yeah. for uh, Ronnie to be called their Mimi. And, you know, we're fortunate. We're blessed. Our families are close by. We're literally five minutes from, you know, all of our kids and grandkids. And we know that's not always going to, you know, necessarily be the case. But for this moment, this season, we want to invest well. We want to influence them as much as we can for the kingdom. We believe what the Bible says, that children are in heritage of the Lord. As arrows are in the hand of a mighty man, so are the children of our youth. And so we want to launch those arrows of godly young men into a world that desperately needs to know and hear the gospel. I know in 24 years, you've had to see a lot of changes in the way culture affects family. And we know there's increased divorces and increased confusion in homes today, you know, with all the pressures that are forcing husband and wife to not be together in this culture. How does today's church answer that? And how do you as a ministry stand and try to provide that kind of support Mm -hmm. that families need? You know, I I think most every pastor I know would would, uh, agree that it is heartbreaking when we see families go through the conflict and that subsequently ends up in separation or divorce. And, and uh, you know, the enemy is li- literally, lo- you know, lobbying the big grenades, the, the heavy artillery at our homes, our families. We understand that from Scripture. Um, you know, for, for me personally, I, I, I just feel very strongly that we've got to model uh, godly Christian marriage and godly Christian parenting as pastors and leaders. We need to, uh, you know, teach that well. We need to um, uh, offer opportunities for folks to have training and being equipped in this culture that we live in. It's, um, you know, it's ever more difficult, I think, for young families uh, to find their way, to find their place, to find their to find their foundation around the covenant of marriage. We need to get back to some basic understanding yeah. of what does that mean? You know, it's not about being happy. I, I teasingly, but really honestly say sometimes, even for the pulpit, the next time I hear someone say, I'm not happy anymore in my marriage, that's why I'm getting a divorce. I'm going to lose my mind one of these days because it's not about being happy. It has something to do with God bringing about in us a holiness and growing us to godliness yes. in our marriage uh, marriage relationships. Well, you mentioned you've been married 38 years. I'll be married 35 years in May of this year. Even those in the ministry as a pastor, I mean, it's not always happy. You have struggles yourself that you have to deal with. Sure, you know? it's, it's a it's a living, breathing thing. You know, the marriage and the family. We grow, we learn. We have to have as much fun as we can and laugh while we can because we know there's going to be time for tears, time for difficulty, time for sorrow, time for sickness. We get all that, but it's the journey of life. Kind yes. of like what you said about pastoring a church. Man, there have been seasons. I tell uh, folks all the time when I'm speaking to pastors, particularly about revitalization in their churches. What do you do? How do you get things back? Well. I you know, we've revitalized our church about 20 times, you know, about every uh, every year or so you have to go through a revitalization. There's got to be new momentum, injecting of new ideas and new creativities, and you're always finding new faces and seeing more people come to the body, and you're trying to see them grow in their faith. So it's a, it's a process, just like marriage. This new 2019, brand new year, do you have traditions or what are some things that you like to do as you make a marker, say goodbye to 2018 and start off a new year? One of the things that I really love to do early in the year is kind of lay some foundations for vision casting next, what we're going to, you know, what we're up against, where we are, what's God saying to me. Our people really do come hungry. I think in all of our churches, they want to know what is God laying on the heart of our pastor? Where are we going from here? What's going to be our direction, trajectory? What's our next? And so we, uh, you know, by this time of the year, we have a sense of that. We're looking forward to, um, you know, there's some more, um, uh, some more work to be done. There's some more things that uh, we've got to we've got to advance the gospel in some new ways in our community. 
across our country. We're involved right now. Faith is. We've just come through our faith mission offering for uh, the 2019 era. Our folks are so gracious. They're so generous. And so we're this year looking at some new partnerships, some new work, uh, some uh, church planting. One of our new church plants is going to be over in Montana. Uh, we're involved in uh, church plants in uh, church plants in Las Vegas. Um, and uh, just over in um, uh, Portland, Oregon area. And uh, so we're excited about, you know, what God's got for Faith Baptist next. And also, really this year, one of the things we're going to be doing and engaging is is loving our city. The 901, focus on the 901. We're going to be after that with a new tenacity. Uh, Faith is making some strong, strong, strong commitments to to engage the lostness in our our great city. And when you talk about getting together for vision casting, do you include your staff with those kind of things? Do you get together for retreats and, and get input from your staff when you're sure. trying to look at those dynamics? We do. Actually, um, we usually take a, a couple of retreats a year. Um, so ours ours next will be early in this year to be thinking about 2020. Um, and then we'll do a fall retreat as well. Um, some of that obviously is uh, just prayer time together and play time together. But yeah. we do we do plan and uh, look toward the future. So we'll we'll be coming this this month and the next few weeks really in uh, 2019 uh, to laying some uh, framework for where we're going next. The faith. Well, volunteers are needed for the third annual MLK Days of Service, January 18th through the 21st. And I have the Director of Volunteers, Andrea Hill, with us right now. Andrea, this is a big weekend, an important weekend for Volunteer Memphis. It is, it is. We actually were having our MLK Days of Service from January 18th through the 21st. But we have a kickoff event at the library that all our volunteer sponsors and community partners are welcome to come to. And it's going to be on January 17th again. It's this Thursday from 5 to 8 p.m. We're actually going to have volunteer groups speaking about why they're involved and also helping to register people on that day for the opportunities that are available. And we have over 100 projects that are listed. Andrea, this is really an effort to help us move closer to Dr. King's vision, being that beloved community, what he strived for, you know? It is, it is. And one of the things that we really want to do overall, our mission with Volunteer Memphis is to increase volunteerism across the Mid-South. And one really great way to do that is is really to kind of lean on Dr. King's legacy of service. With that, we're actually partnering with over 80 or so partners and around about throughout the whole weekend doing service projects in about 10 counties that are metro Memphis counties and some that are like Crittenden County, Arkansas. We also have three of the north uh, Mississippi counties as well and Shelby County and Memphis, and as far out as Marshall County, we're looking for projects in Tennessee as well. Are you seeing the participation and the interest of being involved in this growing? It is, it is. We had in our first year around almost 2,000 volunteers. Our second year, a little over 2,000 volunteers. So in our third year, we're hoping for 3,000 plus. Well, we sure hope that happens. And we talk about these various projects. Can you give us an idea about what our volunteers could be involved with? Absolutely. So we have projects that are indoor and outdoor projects, one of which we have Tire to Trails Project at Teofula Park. And so we're partnering with TDEC, which is the Tennessee Environmental and Conservation Department. We also are partnering with Memphis City Beautiful on this particular project. And what we're doing is we're collecting tires around Teofila Park and in that area around Mitchell Community. And those tires will then be transformed into mulch to create trails for Teofila Park. What a great resource. It is. It is. And so it's recycling, but it's also bringing something back to our local community. And we have indoor projects as well. So we have a few community centers and schools that are actually writing letters for first responders and taking those out to the local police or fire departments. We also have um, students collecting toys 
for the Bonner um, Hospital. So if there's a project out there or a passion or a need, we're hoping to fill that within our four days of service. Do you have any particular requirements for those who volunteer? No, none at all. We actually have a very family-friendly uh, volunteer weekend. So any student or child of any age from um, is able to be able to walk and talk all the way up to our more mature volunteers that are in their 80s and 90s can come out and volunteer. We only request that people actually register on our Volunteer United website, www dot volunteermethod.org and then if you register then you'll get all the information and details and the number of volunteers that are needed any clothing that's required or anything else as far as the details of that particular project to make sure that you're really fit to volunteer and able to volunteer i love it andrea this is great thank you for what you're doing to coordinate all this i know it's a big effort but it's really worth it we see dr king's vision play out in real life and people helping each other community coming together this is a great event it is it is it's a lot of fun to do it each and every year again that website friend to go to is volunteermemphis.org volunteermemphis.org and don't forget about that special meeting for volunteers on Thursday night. And what time and what place is that, Andrea? It's going to be at the Benjamin Hooks Library at 3030 Poplar Avenue. It's from 5 to 8 p.m. And so feel free to come, enjoy the event, and also register for projects as well. Thank you so much, Andrea. You're welcome. Now let's continue with the interview with Danny Sinkfield. We kind of ended on a note last week as we concluded part one of our interview, Danny, and you mentioned about ways as we look at 2019, that as you look at this new year and move into the new year, ways that Faith Baptist can advance the gospel in this community. Because you've been the pastor for 24 years now. Faith Baptist is a church known for engaging the community. Thank you. Thank you, Byron. You know, we're, we're, you know, like you said, I'm in my 25th year. And uh, honestly, I can say to to you, to our people, to our listeners, that I've never been more excited about the team that we have around us. We have an incredible staff team that are very passionate about um, their their calling, the mission that God's given to us, and and um, you know God's uh, hand of favor continues to bless us and and over you know just overwhelm us at, at how how good He's been to us, allowing us to to do things that we had only dreamed of before. Now we're able to actually see things come to fruition. Um, you know, besides the the local missions, man, we're we're, get, we're sending out teams this year, 2019. We've got teams going literally all around the country. We have uh, former faith members now that are serving on the mission field, and so that's very exciting to see, you know, the growth and, and expansion of, um, you know, of uh, a little country church. We call Faith Baptist a little country church that's trying to reach the, reach the whole world with the gospel from Bartlett, Tennessee. Now, Vance Pittman is pastoring now in Las Vegas. You know, yes. he used to pastor here in Memphis. That's right. I know you're friends with Vance. Right. Are, is that one of the churches you're helping to support? You know what? We're partnering with one of the churches that he is planting. Okay. So, um, in fact, one of our young families, Michael and Michael Horner. Yeah, and so I want to stop there for a second. Yeah. I don't think you know this, but when I used to teach Sunday school in the youth at Bellevue Baptist Church, Michael was in my Sunday school class. Well, bless you. We have a great relationship. He's been on this show, well, yes. ex- actually been on the Mid-South Viewpoint program in the past, has shared his story, the journey God has taken mm-hmm. him, which is an amazing story. That actual interview is on my YouTube channel. But to see what God is doing in Michael and Micah's life now in yes. Vegas. Yes, we, we're sending out teams again this year to be with them. We, we love Michael and Micah. In fact, Michael's uh, parents are members of faith, so we've got strong you know ties and connections. We believe in them. Um, you know, we're encouraging, uh, you know, folks to, to partner with them, you know, as, as much as possible. And um, it's amazing what God's doing with that, uh, that young family. You mentioned other ways. A lot of times when you talk about missions, churches often will refer to things, maybe mission trips overseas. And, and those are very needed, obviously. 
But I like the flavor of you talking about ministry here in the U.S. Yes. You know, even particularly close to home, uh, the Acts 1-8 strategy, the Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, ends of the earth, starts with your local your local community. And um, Myron, you know this. I was born and raised in Memphis. Um, we moved away for a period. I, I was uh, ministering down in Orlando, Florida. Came back here in 1994 to pastor of faith. And I've fallen in love with Memphis again and anew. And this is a great city, great metro area. We've got great churches, great pastors. I'm friends with so many of the of the leaders in our community. And so I have a burden. I have a burden for the city. I, I think that you know Memphis is one of those places that it wouldn't surprise me if God would spark a revival in our city that spread throughout our country. Wouldn't that be a beautiful thing? It would be awesome. You know, I don't think a lot of folks realize the connection of ministries, as you mentioned, that you you work with other pastors in the community, there is some wonderful unity among African-American, mm. your, your congregations yes. coming together because they really care about the people of Memphis. That's so encouraging. It is. I, you know, I meet with a group of pastors every month for prayer over our city. We do that regularly every single month we meet for that purpose. In our town, in Bartlett, we have recently started doing some community services together. Fullview Missionary Baptist Church in Bartlett, Tennessee have become part of our family, so to speak, because this past Christmas we did a unified Christmas service celebration. It was beautiful. Beautiful. It was amazing. Combined choirs. And we'll do that again in the summer. We'll do that in August. Uh, we do that every year. Pastor Walter Peggs, a uh, long-tenured pastor there, is my dear friend. We talk about maybe some of the racial tensions that exist in our city and our country. What if it started in Memphis? But we're thinking, what if it started in Bartlett and yeah. spread over to Memphis a little bit? So yeah. we're excited about that. What was it about race issues that you were kind of oblivious to, blindsided to, until you started connecting with some of these pastors. You know, I, I grew up in the city, and so I was aware of a lot of the tensions from the past and the feelings, the strong feelings. And, of course, Memphis being the you know, the place where Dr. King was assassinated has kind of got a, a cloud over our city, I think, in some ways. One of the things, though, that's helped me the most, Byron, honestly, as a pastor, is to lean into and listen to African-American pastors and leaders and hear their perspective. One of the things that we hear, in fact, Bishop Ed Stevens at Golden Gate Cathedral, my friend, we meet with regularly. He said, you know, the key to racial reconciliation is relationships, just people getting to know each other, having dinner together in your home, spending time together. And so our people are attempting to do that more and more. It's been a beautiful thing. You learn a lot when you listen. Do you have a, a routine for your Sunday mornings? What time does your alarm go off when you get ready to get up and start your day on a Sunday? Mm-hmm. Sunday for me starts early in the afternoon on Saturday. I don't plan a lot of Saturday evening activities because I'm getting my heart, mind, soul ready for the day. Sunday morning starts very early for me, about 5 o'clock in the morning, just so I can go look over sermon, have some quiet time, still my heart from uh, you know the busy week prior. I get to the church a little bit early for a prayer meeting with some of our men who meet me in a prayer room. Then, of course, we have two morning worship services at 9.15 and then at 11 o'clock. Back again with meetings in the afternoon and a worship service again on, on Sunday nights at 6 o'clock. So it's a busy full day. And, uh, you know, by the end of the day, in fact, by the uh, end of the second service, I need to go home take a nap. <laughs> I do a full-blown nap. Yeah. I take about two hours. I shower again. I get ready to go back to church at 6. Nothing like a Sunday afternoon uh, nap. I'll tell you what. It's it's a gift from God. What about any other kind of traditions and things? I remember, I think, hearing uh, Adrian Rogers share a story about R.G. Lee that Sunday evenings he liked to, uh, I think it was a cucumber sandwich and some uh, a glass of milk. What kind of milk is it? Not skim milk, but some type of milk. He liked to have that in a cucumber sandwich. That doesn't sound very attractive or appetizing to me at all. But I have taken my cues. One of my heroes in ministry is Dr. Adrian Rogers. Obviously, you know, we served together in the same city, same area for a long time. 
and so one of the things that we've had uh, the privilege of, some of his family members have become friends of mine. His, his uh, dear wife, Miss Joyce, is a member of our church. Uh, his granddaughter, Angie, Angie Luce, is on our staff as our children's ministry director. So I get a little behind the scenes and, uh, you know, a little information about what, what Dr. Rogers used to do. And so M- Mrs. Rogers used to tell me that uh, Sunday afternoons that Adrian would lay in the floor and take a nap on the floor. So I tried that, thought it maybe help me preach a little bit better. But um, you, you know, had a sore back, didn't you? Uh, it didn't. It didn't play well with me. So you got to be your. You got to be yourself. That's, yeah. the, that's the truth. Be yourself. You know, that's something that I think that we need to grab a hold of as believers. Not just pastors, but all of us need to learn to be ourselves, mm. tempered by the power of the Holy Spirit in yes. submission to Him. What difference can we make in this world and being real with people? You know. Yeah. The the key to authenticity. You know for. The Christian life in general, particularly in ministry, is to you know is to find your own voice, to use the giftedness that God has um, you know bestowed upon you. I, I tell our staff guys, hey, listen, you don't have to prove yourself; just be yourself. Yeah. You are the best person on our team that you possibly can be, and you give everything you have to that. You know, God God has uh, enough of the others; He just needs you. So I, I believe in that as well. What makes for uh, a prime staff member for you? What do you appreciate most about a quality staff person that works on the church staff with you? Yeah, we have a little grid we, we use. We, we talk about their, their sense of calling, you know, that they, they, they sense, uh, you know, calling from the Lord. They love the church. They love our church. You know, they want to be there. People that want to be there uh, is a very important thing. Their character matters to us. Their sense of, uh, you know, the chemistry that they bring to the team, the capacity that they have. You know, can they... And not only do their job, but can they do more than their job? So yeah. we're looking at those kinds of things for a for a, uh, an excellent team member. February, you have a big event coming up for youth. You're bringing somebody in specially for this. Is this a, an area-wide event? We do, yes. In fact, it is. It's uh, something called the Ember Weekend, E-M-B-E-R Weekend. It's February the 15th through the 17th. We have uh, multiple churches involved. We're hosting it, but um, uh, particularly uh, several of the smaller area churches are buying into it. They're coming to be a part of it. We have a young man named Ben Trueblood who's going to be the guest speaker. We have a, a, a praise band called the Desperation Church Band, uh, very exciting young people. And um, our student ministry team is very, very excited. Last year we had somewhere, I think, between six and 700 students who attended, and we're hoping to have a few more of that uh, more this year. Um, but if any of your listeners are interested, they can call our church, uh, our, our church office or look us up on the website at myfaithbaptist.org and get more information about the Ember Weekend, February 15th through 17th. And Danny, when are service times at Faith Baptist? Our service times are at 9.15 a.m. and 11 o'clock a.m. and then back at 6 p.m. Those are our Sunday worship services. Danny Sinkfield, my dear friend, thank you for what you do for Christ's kingdom. Thank you for sharing with us. Thank you, Byron. My privilege. Friends, that's all the time we have. Guest has been Pastor Danny Sinkfield of Faith Baptist Church in Bartlett. Be in prayer for Brother Danny. Learn more about uh, this ministry by going to the website as we shared. And we'll be back next week with another pastor. Thanks for joining us. I'm Byron Tyler. We'll talk to you then. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.